Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're going to trim your studio expenses. Hey there, wonderful teachers. It is episode 199. Next week is going to be episode 200 and I am going to be sharing my story about my teaching journey, how I went from starting teaching as a teenager, as a wee one, and all the way through to running the studio that I run today with two other teachers working here. This week, though, is our last episode of Money Theme we're going to be talking about trimming your studio expenses. This is not as fun as trimming a tree, which was the first thing that came into my head. (laughs) Trimming a tree. When I thought about trimming, I just thought about trimming a tree somehow. So it's not as fun as that. But I have to say it's a lot more fun after because you get to save a whole bunch of money and you can buy all the Christmas decorations you want to if that's your thing. I have a friend actually who collects Christmas ornaments from different countries around the world, which I think is incredibly fun. It's a great thing to add to your collection. Anyway, we're not talking about Christmas decorations, though. We are talking about trimming expenses, which is going to be fun, I promise. Before we even get started on trimming the expenses, I want to make sure you have one thing in place. Do you have a separate bank account that is just for your business? If you do not, please go set one up right now. I mean, I'd go so far as to say stop listening and go do it, please, because it will make a huge difference. I'm not saying you have to have a business bank account, which in many countries is a different thing. Also in many countries, but not all, so look into it. You probably don't need that if you are a sole trader, self-employed and not running a limited company. It depends, though, so do look that up. But I'm talking at a minimum that you have a separate personal account, which are normally free or almost free to run, that you only use for business expenses and to bring money into your business. So separate those off and then let's keep going. Now, if you've already had a business bank account for a while, the first step to trimming your expenses is going to be to look over that account and look at everything that's coming out. So you can even just filter this by only to only show the debit transactions, right? If you have internet banking, you can just use a search usually to filter that. So you're not looking at all the lovely money coming in, only the money going out. Start to build it up into categories. So there are three basic categories that most studios will spend money on. 
You've got your subscriptions that come out regularly that you need for your studio, for instance, vibrant music teaching and professional development like that, but also things like Spotify is a studio expense for me because that's the only reason I have the premium is so I can not have ads that are inappropriate when we listen to music on it in lessons. Spotify is one or Netflix is not going to count, right? So there is a line there but other subscriptions that you have for your studio for whatever reason. Then you have your general purchases and then you have your bills, which depending on the space you teach in and again, the rules in your area, you may be able to claim some or all of. So if you teach out of your home, you may be able to claim a percentage of your bills. So you should look at your personal account for that. But if you do teach in a commercial location, you may have bills that are just for your studio. Take a quick look through that and immediately if there's anything that you're like, oh, that really, that's not necessary, start trimming. So those subscriptions, if it isn't serving your studio, if it isn't helping to make you a better teacher or provide great resources for your students or whatever reason, if it's not necessary, cut it. Go cancel it right now. If it's not beneficial I should say necessary is a bit strong but if it's not beneficial to your studio go cancel it and then your purchases you need to look at those with a critical eye and see whether they were indeed important to spend money on or whether you've gotten a little bit loose with what you'll buy for the studio and some fun things can be needed right it's not It's not a case of only buying pencils and paper because you could teach with just those things, but it is about being smart with what you spend money on. I've got a few more specific suggestions that are not specific to your situation, (laughs) which could save you money depending on what you spend money on. So the first one is to build your own website. If you are currently paying for an expensive kind of hosted situation, so There are loads of examples of this and I don't want to call any of them out because I'm not saying they're bad services, but there are some where you pay quite a lot per month for them to have your website and domain and etc. So if you went and built that website yourself using something like a self-hosted WordPress site, you would probably be paying like $5 a month for hosting at the lowest scale, which is probably all you'll need in terms of hosting like five, ten dollars a month. And then your domain, it depends on what the domain is. That's your website address, by the way, not to speak in jargon. So like mine is colorfulkeys.ie. So I pay for that, but you won't be paying that much for that even. It's paid on a yearly basis. You can look up how much your domain would cost or similar domains would cost at a service like godaddy.com or any other domain registrar. If that sounds like way less than you are currently paying for your website, you might want to assess whether you want to build it yourself. Of course, you will be paying with your time. So I'm not going to lie to you about that. It might take you a lot of time or a chunk of time. It really depends on how tech savvy you are. We have a tutorial though inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So if you're a member and you're listening to this and you want to give it a go and set up a WordPress site by yourself, you can look up our tutorial for that. The next one to take a look at is advertising or marketing. So this is only if you spend money on those things. It could be literal ads like Facebook ads or whatever, or it could be things you do like sponsoring things at the local school or getting a table at school events or 
putting up flyers and just printing those out like that costs money. Any marketing that you do of any sort, you should be assessing your return on investment or OI. You need to look at how much you spend each time and how many students you actually get from that. If you are not currently asking students where they heard about you, now is the time to start so that you can really trace what is making a difference and what is not. For instance, in my studio, of course, the number one is always going to be referrals. So it's going to be, I heard about you from a friend. That's kind of a given for many established studios. However, the second one, by a mile, (laughs) will be my website. That's it. They find us through Google search. And then they land on our website, they read a bit about us, and they love it, they write to us. It is very rare that I'll hear any other channel besides those two. Which is why I do not spend money on any other advertising. The only thing I invest in is time on my website, making it polished each year and that kind of thing. The next one might be painful. It is music books. So look at all the books that you've purchased, let's say, in the last year, and ask yourself whether you've used any of them, all of them, or none of them. And if you haven't used them, why not? Is it that you can see someone in the future using them? Like legitimately, I have a student in mind for this. We just haven't gotten to it yet. That's fair enough. Or did you end up buying the books and they weren't what you thought? Or you tried them with a student and they didn't think they were as cool as you thought they were, right? The student wasn't as sold on them as you had been. And why is that? Is it that you misjudged them or did you not present them to students in the right way? I know we're going down a rabbit hole a little bit here, but I do think music books are one of those areas that music teachers can really overspend on. So it's worth looking at in detail. Next, those subscriptions that we talked about. So this is kind of a reverse way to trim the studio expenses. If you don't currently have some kind of a registration fee, it might be worth bringing one in so that you can cover these subscriptions more more directly. So in my studio, we have a registration fee that covers, goes towards the cost of materials. That's the way I word it to parents. Students give us that in July to secure their place for September. And if they're joining us after September, they just pay it when they start. As I say, that goes towards the cost of materials. It doesn't actually fully cover them. But it does give parents a sense of what that is going towards, like what it's for. And it also helps us with that registration process so that parents have really put down some money to reserve their place rather than just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll come back. And then you don't hear from them. It gives that more of a guarantee that they really mean they're going to come back and that they give us the form. The more common issue for us before I did this actually was not that they said they were going to come back and didn't. It was because it was that they wouldn't fill in the scheduling options form so that I could see when they were free. Then I'm chasing them for that all summer and into the start of September. Whereas when it comes with a registration fee, they know it has to be in by a certain date. They get why? Because there's money attached. And so they give us both on time because they come together. But the other benefit of doing the fees in this way is that it is kind of a pool for your studio versus buying individual books or having students buy individual books because a lot of resources now are digital. So you've got subscriptions that you pay for, um, you've got your printing costs to run and you've got digital licenses to to books and sheet music. If you want to 
avail of those things, which you should, they're fantastic, then you need a way to budget for that in your studio that is not student by student because it just doesn't work that way. A few more areas to save money in your studio would be office supplies, bathroom supplies and cleaning stuff. Cleaning stuff being very relevant recently. Those things, if you buy them in bulk or if you shop around a little bit, you might be able to cut costs quite a lot versus just buying one thing at a time, like one pencil at a time even. I bought a big box of pencils and students always marvel at how many I have. But it just means we never run out and they were all sharpened. I bought a pre-sharpened box and it was really dirt cheap versus buying one pencil at a time. Silly things like that can add up. Another huge one for many teachers though is printer ink and this is one where you may need to do a bit more research because if you have a printer right now it's tempting to fall into the sunk cost fallacy as economists would call it so basically you've already paid for this printer so you don't look at buying a new one but you're actually throwing good money after bad because your printer is designed to eat ink and many of the cheap ones honestly are like Not to be a conspiracy theorist, but seriously, this is what they're doing. They sell you a cheap printer so that they can sell you ink. That is their system. Whereas some of the more expensive printer brands, they actually make their ink last longer, so they work out cheaper in the long run. If you have a kind of ink subscription where you are, that can be a huge saving if you're printing a lot of stuff regularly. I have a brother printer myself, because I have a local company, if you're in Ireland, they're called, they're called Cartridge Green. They are the best because you pay a subscription and then they refill the ink. So you're also saving all those annoying plastic ink cartridges from being thrown away all the time. However, there is a HP ink program, which I believe offers good savings in the US and maybe elsewhere. So you could look into those kinds of things. My final one is recital expenses. So this only comes up once a year, so we can often forget about it. But there may be areas within your recital where you can cut costs. You could have a cheaper venue, you could have cheaper snacks. Maybe those things are important to you and you just want to budget for them. But have a look and see if all of them were really valued. For instance, if you paid for some kind of expensive decorations... Did you need them? Could you have used the ones from last year? Could you use the ones you bought this year for next year? That kind of thing. And finally, this is not an expense, but it's to make sure that you are expensing everything you actually can expense. (laughs) That's going to save your studio in a huge way. It's going to save your business. So it's not actually about having fewer expenses and trimming them. It's about having more because you should be putting everything through your business that you can. So really look into the rules in your local area to see what you can expense for. Can you allow for part of your home heating bill because your studio is from your home? Are there different things you haven't thought of? Travel expenses to local meetings with other teachers, etc. Just make sure that you're really putting everything through a separate business bank account so you can start to see where these things are piling up and trim them as you go. Your one thing this week is to pick just one of these areas, one of the things I mentioned today, and take action. Maybe it's a subscription that you don't value, 
Maybe it's the way you look at music book purchasing, or maybe it's that you're going to bring in a registration fee. Whichever action you take, your bank account will thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear from you if you did on at Colourful Keys on Instagram. That's colourful with two U's. So at Colourful Keys on Instagram or in the comments underneath the article that goes along with this episode on the Colourful Keys blog. I'll see you back here next week for episode 200. If you ever get overwhelmed by all the different teacher training options out there, Vibrant Music Teaching is the place for you. We nickname our members Flamingos because they're masters of balancing all of the things and making it all work in a way that isn't overwhelming. We have tools to help you do that inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So go to vmt.ninja and sign up today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.